Right, well, hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Coda Call, coming from Matt's car. Yay! It's um, a mobile podcast. It is. It is. It's amazing. We're on the M42. We are currently on the M42. We're heading away from EGX. We've spent the day at EGX. It's been a lot of fun. It has. It's felt um, It's felt quite relaxed today, I would say. It's been reasonably easy going. We've done a lot of walking around. We've played some games. Probably more than we played last year. And we've talked to a lot of interesting people. Especially we should introduce ourselves so anyone know. I'm, uh, I'm Andy Brown at Clinical Andy on Twitter. And I'm Matt Holt at Codec Moments on Twitter. So as we're on our way here, we, we put down a few of our expectations, some of our hopes and dreams and ambitions. <laughs> Most of those will be cut out because they're completely <laughs> irrelevant to gaming. Um, and I just, I'll be honest, I, yeah, I don't know what's going on, really. I don't, <laughs> think I've, I don't think I've done anything gaming-related for a long time. So what, what are you excited about for EGX, Matthew? What am I excited about? Um, well, having a look at what's there today, there are really probably just two games I want to, I do want to have a go at and I want to see, and that's uh, Battlefront 2 and Far Cry 5, so sequels. They're the two I want to get, I want to get hands on with because both of them look excellent. And Project Cars 2. Yeah, actually, that's, a, wanna, that's a given. I want to go on Far Cry 5, that looks awesome. What What is appealing to you about Far Cry 5 then? I think <clears throat> Far Cry 3 I loved. Absolutely brilliant game. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. No argument there. I could even get on board with Jason Brody after a while. Um, and then Far Cry 4 was a good game, but it just it didn't feel like it didn't feel dramatically different to Far Cry 3. It felt more like an expansion than a new game. Yeah. And I think it gave you everything so quickly as well that I just found I got a bit burnt out on it. I played, I played it through to the end. Um, I think I got the platinum for it. That's, I mean, but, that, that's obviously that's saying something about if you if you got to the end of it. Yeah. Because I know I know what you mean with it. It was it felt more of a grind and unfulfilling compared to Far Cry Three. It was just yeah, it was just a bit more of the same, and I, I think the. The honeymoon period was was very much that. It kind, yeah. of, it kind of wore off fairly quickly. I like the setting of Far Cry Five. It doesn't feel like it's going to be oh, oh, okay. How the others felt like they were in very okay. So you had an island for Far Cry Three, mm. so you're kind of limited by that. You were limited by you know mountains and boundaries like that. And there's obviously going to yeah. be there's obviously going to be boundaries um, in Far Cry Five, but with it being set in is it Oregon? I think so. Um, it just—it feels like it's not going to be as isolated. It's going to, it's going to feel more familiar. Yeah, I think so. And I think that's a really interesting take on it. I think it's a really—I think it's a really brave move. I think it's a really good move of them to bring it to a more familiar surrounding. Mm. Um, and you know, to, to tackle the um, to tackle the contentious issue of domestic terrorism in the US. I think that's a brave move as well. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, so I'm kind of excited about that. Yeah. It's the offering up of a decent story that 
yeah, obviously there's going to be parallels to real life events and what's been going on. I might upset a few people, it might not. But I think that's what's making it interesting for me. I think it's just something a little bit different, something like so, maybe something slightly more relatable. Um, and it just looks, it just looks fresh. I'm just hoping it's not a collectible grind. That's, yeah. that's what I don't want from it. Don't mind collectibles, but I don't want that to be the focus of the game. But I hope, I hope it does retain a lot of the fun things. You know, chaining the kills with throwing knives. I, I suspect it will. I mean, they kept that in for Far Cry Primal, which I did really like Primal. I thought it was a good game. Um, Still not played it, and I keep seeing it on sale and thinking... You know what? It's, you know, worth, it's worth picking up. There's a good solid 20, 25 hours in it. Then the collectibles aren't too bad. It's a reasonably easy platinum. Um, but it's just an, it's an enjoyable game, even without the vehicles. So what else, what else is going to be there then? Well, like I said, I want to see Battlefront 2 because um, I did really enjoy Battlefront. I didn't play enough of it. And I think they've added quite a lot of uh, additional pieces into Battlefront 2, which are going to make it unique. No VR this time around, though? Uh, there was no mention of it, but then there was only the one VR mission the last one which was good it was very good but um, it wasn't uh, necessarily a reason for buying the game it was just a nice bonus so we were here last year not here because this is around about the wrong part of the M42 I'm sure, I'm sure we went a different route <laughs> last year um, we were here last year well, I mean I, I guess the big thing to talk about before we go in is this time last year we were really excited about PlayStation VR. Yes, yeah we were. And you um, had your uh, experience booked. And I had my experience booked. Which I think you've got an experience booked. Not this time. Have you not? I thought you had. Oh no, no you tried. That's right. I tried. And they'd already all they'd booked already out by the time I even saw um, the option for that. So I had my experience. I really enjoyed my experience. Yes. I had another one uh, afterwards in Sheffield and the yeah. tour. So I've played. What have I played? Uh, I played, <laughs> uh, I played uh, London Heist. Uh, that was you won at EGX because we, we filmed that. Awesome. Uh, and I played the start of the Batman. Uh, Arkham. Oh yes. Is it Arkham VR or? Might be Arkham VR. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Um, right. They're both great, really good. Um, but I didn't keep my pre-order. Not because I was moving, uh, and I did, and I decided instead to um, upgrade my television to 4K, which I think was a good choice. Yes, it was. Uh, now, one of our friends, Graham, who bought a VR on pre-order, is actually now at the point where he's going to sell his because he's only used it about twice. So he was asking on the Facebook group the other day, you know, can anyone give him a decent reason to keep it? Just because he's. You know, when he's buying games, he's prioritising other things. Um, there's nothing really that's come along that's a system seller for him. Mm -hmm. uh, so you own one. What are your thoughts now, a year I, on? I think a year on, if he's um, if he's struggling to justify to himself for keeping it, then there's no point keeping it. Because I don't think there's anything on the horizon that is worth it. However, if you own one or are thinking of getting one and you are going to get use out of it, it's a lovely piece of kit to have and you get some fantastic experiences in it but there's still for my mind not a full on game 
Um, that might be in Resident Evil 7, but I refuse to play that anyway. <laughs> That'd just be too intense. Uh, but that, I think it's, it sums it up a lot of it. It's experiential rather than uh, a full 10 to 15 hour game to get stuck into. That said, I have played some belting games in VR. Um, more recently, Superhot VR was my absolute, probably one of the best I've played. It is absolutely fantastic the way it's put together. Okay, so I, I played through Superhot when it came out on the PS4. Yeah. Quite recently. And again, yeah, I completed the, completed the story pretty quickly, actually. Yeah, it's not a long game. Um, but it was brilliant. Actually, really innovative. Yeah. Really interesting. What was it like in VR? In VR, it, it amped it up a bit because um, your body controls time. So your movements are what adjust how fast time flows around you. And your movements are what you do to avoid incoming objects and everything else. So okay. it, it's just really immersive. And it is knackering to play as well because you are moving constantly you're in awkward positions it, it, it really is it, 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 you just feel fantastic the only way to the only way to actually do it is play it it's really hard to ex explain it any other way okay knowing knowing what you know now about VR yeah if you didn't if you didn't own one would I buy would one would you buy one Yes, I probably still would. If I knew what I knew now, I yeah. probably still would. Because there are lots of games out there for it. Um, I'm probably doing it a bit of a disservice with when I'm saying they're all experiences. What I actually haven't played yet is Rigs, and we got that free on PS Plus last month. I've but not that, actually put that on, and that is a full on. That is a full game. Eve, Eve Valkyrie was you've good. Got a free one, and you've not put it on. I don't know. Uh, mainly because I haven't had much time to to game as it is so I, and my gaming time at the moment it doesn't lend itself to putting a headset on and blanking myself out from everybody in the room mainly because there's an 18 month old who will probably go and pull all the cables out and everything when I couldn't see her so <laughs> so, so yeah I, I don't get the chance um, but if I had the, the time and the space to do it I would do it it's a no from me um, okay that's fair enough. And, well, I mean, I haven't... You have even less time than I do, so yeah. I definitely wouldn't recommend it for you. Well, that's, no, that's a weird one. I wouldn't recommend it for the amount of time that you actually get to play things. I would recommend it for the length of experience, because of the time that you get to play things. It's yeah. a bit of a... It's a bit of a, <laughs> a mixed bag, is that one? I find myself completing more far shorter games. Yes, yes, uh, you would. Okay. <laughs> Right, um, so that's that was experience. The big thing we were excited about last year was that this year there's not one thing we're overly, overly excited about. We're just looking forward to the whole of the show and seeing everything that's there. I think that's it. I think that says uh, that's what we're, we're looking forward to at the moment. Nintendo uh, are going to be there. Is Nintendo, that, is that exciting you? No, no. Nintendo's never excited me. Um, I might buy a Switch. Well, you might. I, I could see you with the Switch. Um, I do actually, um, but uh, it's not not for trouble. me. Not for me. Um, and Destiny Two, obviously, you'll be wanting to play that, so you can uh, you no. can experience no, the, the real time no, dancing no, simulator. No, 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 no. Add more no's to <laughs> Destiny and emotes. 
I love it. I really love it. I'm playing you're, it. You're enjoying it? Yeah, I've, I've managed to max out my um, my character level. And, um, <laughs> it must not take long to do that. Well, clearly not. I haven't, I haven't completed the campaign yet. So, uh, But it's it's fun. It's a lot of fun. So we're uh, we're still a couple of miles from the NEC. So we're, we're, we're there, basically. Yeah, yeah we're about there. So we now need to um, pay attention to where we're going so we don't miss another turning. <laughs> and... Uh, We'll be back soon. Uh, so, okay. So, first order of the day, we uh, we got to meet uh, we got to meet Rod Chong. Rod Chong from uh, Slightly Mad Studios, who is the <laughs> chief commercial chief officer. Commercial officer. Now, we weren't sure at the start of the day whether that meant that he was in in charge of the um, well the commercial side or whether he was just going to be a walking billboard. Um, and it turns out he was in charge of the the commercial financial side, um, quite clearly. And uh, he was he was really interesting, wasn't he? You know, he had a lot of detail yeah. about the game. Yes, um, and the reason we're we're not cutting that actual audio into this podcast because we're going to put it up as a separate interview. Um, but he was he, he gave us a wealth of information, I think, around that that kind of crowdfunding development side and the. Uh, the technical detail that they want and like to get into with this game yeah. to support its level of realism and really where they're aiming, aiming to with it as well. You know, it, was, um, it was good. It was good. It was very, very informative. Yeah, really interesting guy to talk to. Um, very passionate about the game, very passionate about cars, especially. And um, I think that, that shows in, uh, in Slightly Mad's overall approach to the game. Yes. The, uh, the only, uh, I think it's a fair fault, Pat, there we asked him a question about VR, um, completely forgetting that they had got a VR mode for the original game on PC, which was uh, slightly embarrassing. Uh, live and learn. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, no, that was, that was first up, we, we talked to him and we played Project Cars 2, uh, we uh, got to play a PC version of it, uh, using Xbox controllers, uh, what were your thoughts on it? I was bad at it. <laughs> I think that was, that was probably I was um, I was playing it, and it's, it's I think it's that thing when you pick up a when you pick up a new driving game with a controller, especially. Let me line up the excuses so I can knock them all down in one go. Um, uh, especially on the so using the Xbox controller, which I'm not used to playing racing games on. Um, it takes you a little while to find your groove. And by the time I'd started to find my groove, I had you and a PR laughing behind me. <laughs> that was because you shattered your Ferrari's windscreen and were struggling to get out of a gravel trap. And driving into a big wall. Yes. So it was... Um, I think it's a fair comment on the controller, because I, I don't play any games with an Xbox controller at all. No. Um, so I, I think was... You, you'd combust if you had one at home, wouldn't you? Well, they, they tend to disintegrate on going over the threshold of the house. Um, but I I didn't struggle with the controls as such. I, I hate accelerate and brake on triggers anyway. Um, it, it's a pet hate of mine. I prefer on the analog sticks. Um, but for all, obviously trying to get the game running and, you know, a 15-minute demo that we've got, and the fact that it wasn't configured for the controller and actually had accelerate and brake on a mouse to begin with, which was quite difficult yeah. to work with. Um, <laughs> when, when we did get going, I actually found it 
surprisingly easy, even though I'm not comfortable with that setup. I, I struggled only with things like breaking points on the game. Um, figuring out what they were for the car that I was in, rather than it actually being a problem with the controls, which speaks volumes because the, the pad controls for the first game were not brilliant. Um, they were a little bit spongy, they weren't precise. And the fact that we could almost pick up and play this time round actually made me think it's not just um, a hardcore sim. This time it is for us filthy casuals. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's an interesting point that we asked him during uh, our interview was uh, that we, with them getting so much feedback from professional drivers, um, you know, how, how much time in development is actually spent thinking about casual players are going to be using a pad. Um, and the answer was quite a lot. They, they forced themselves to use a pad. Um, in fact, they have certain members, key members on the team who were only ever allowed to use the pad for that very reason. Yeah, I thought that was that was really interesting. Um, that they, they are definitely catering for every um, every part of the work, every part of the, the, the game spectrum. Um, and what also astounded me, he didn't give us the numbers for um, how many people worked on this game. But he said it was a much smaller development team. But for the first game, what did he say? Was it thirty thousand people? Did he say that were actually worked on the first game? Now I don't know if that means backers. And input and everything else, uh, but yeah, there was, was a big was, number. It was 30,000 backers on yeah. WMD. Yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, good way to start the day, I thought. Getting the racing game, which, quite honestly, we're driving back now. I'm really considering going and buying it tomorrow when it comes out. Praise indeed. Um, yeah. yeah. So, after that, what, what do we do? After that, we uh, we can't not go through this podcast without mentioning it. Uh, we met up with Stuart Cullen. And oh, his yeah, lovely yeah, girlfriend. <laughs> And we will say lovely because Keely, Keely is fantastic and uh, is, yeah, knows how to keep Stuart in check. Generally with the phrase, ass hat. Yes. Uh, and, and you know, kicks his ass at games, which uh, we do have footage of. Yeah, we did film that. That was good. Yes. Um, so I, might, I think he might write Collins for the Scottish Sun, but I think she actually plays the games. Yeah, I, I think you nailed that. That'll be right. Um, so we met up with them. Uh, we had a bit of a bimble around. Uh, a what? Oh, we had a bimble. A what? A bimble. A what? Shut the, up. Stop making up words. About. Bimble. There'll be, there'll be somebody out there who knows what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> but just before we met up with them, we played that card game. Good place to hide a body. Start with the letter P. Oh, pool. Pool. Nice, oh, yeah. nice, nice. Yeah. Place you find idiots. Starting with the letter G. Golf club. Somewhere you find STDs, starting with the letter S. Sister. <laughs> <laughs> so your brand name is Quick and Dirty. Quick and Dirty. Yeah. Oh, we did, actually. And I've forgotten the name of it. Quick and Dirty. And quick and Dirty. I shouldn't have forgotten that. That's the only I... reason we played it was yeah. that we used to, uh, we used to have a uh, house slash indie combo uh, yes. of the same name. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, that's why we went over. And she had shop glasses and things, so we thought we were going to get free drinks. Um, but it turned out to be a card game. So the idea was you, you flip over a card with a question, and then you flip over a card with a letter, and you, your answer has to start with that letter. Oh, uh, it is designed disgusting, to be filthy questions. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then we... Oh, then we played Far Cry 5. 
Yes, we did, didn't we? That's what we went to do. So Far Cry 5 was on one of the things that we wanted to play today. So we uh, we bit the bullet and we joined the uh, Ubisoft queue. Not sure whether we were meant to be queued for an hour or two hours, because the signs were a little bit uh, vague so the in one, their placement. The one hour sign and the two hour sign were right next to each other. So I could only assume either they haven't actually paced out the signs yet properly, or there was a significant amount of time dilation in that, that very small space between them. Yes. Well, I, I'll go for the latter, because actually we queued for about 40 minutes, and we were well past the hour and two hour signs when we joined. Um, so we, we didn't actually have to wait that long. Um, and you got um, shouted at in the queue and had to delete um, things off your camera because you were being naughty and taking photos and video. Do you, yeah, okay, so um, I don't think I'm going to break any embargoes if I say there's a vast bobblehead um, in the game which is on the, the dash of a truck you can, yeah. you can drive very early on. Um, but my daughter loves that bobblehead. It sits in my office and she comes in and just taps it regularly to um, to make the head bobble. Loves it. Um, so I thought, oh, I'll take a little bit of video of that just to show her. And I got told off by the Ubisoft man. Um, <laughs> yes. Oops, oh, no, you know what? You have, to, you have to delete it. You have to delete it. I, I'm totally sorry. Tried to explain the situation. Yeah, as you do. But he wasn't having any of it, was he? No. Really? Um, so. I pretended I didn't know how my camera worked. <laughs> Very surreptitiously recorded a, a small amount of video as I was fumbling with it, going, "Oh, I'm terribly sorry. I, I'm just trying to, uh, just trying to find the menu to delete. I'm so flustered. Oh no, you're, I will delete it. I promise." Um, and then, yeah, showed him, showed him me deleting this this bit of video I just recorded as I was still, so I've still got it. <laughs> so if you soft, if you're listening, I'm terribly sorry, but. Um, you needed to show your daughter. Yeah, you don't send us stuff anyway, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> they won't be sending us anything ever again. No, no. for sure. No, right. no that's probably true. Um, so, yeah, so we got to play Far Cry 5. Um, thoughts? I really enjoyed it. Um, I I thought the controls were a little bit hinky. Um, oh, in a that demo little bit? But we, when we say hinky with this, um, there was a terrible amount of lag between input and what happened on screen. And it, everything was running on, it looked like base PS4 hardware. So I, I don't know if that was just the setup on the demo. Yeah, I don't know whether it's just an early build. Yeah. Because um, given where we know experience from Far Cry in the past, it, it, it won't be like that when the final game comes out. I certainly hope not. Um, no. The I'm a little I'm a little, so as we stood there in the queue, I was looking at the um, you know the well it's not the cover art but you know the the artwork they've been using which is the kind of the kind of biblical Last Supper esque scene uh, with uh, the father and all of his followers, and it suddenly struck me that this game is potentially going to follow the same kind of progression path as um, Ghost Recon. Uh, you know, with the, the lieutenants, the uh, you'll have the different lieutenants, sub-lieutenants, whatever they're going to call them. Yeah. Um, that potential suddenly struck me. And as we're playing, I did have occasion to uh, visit the loading screen between lives a couple of times. Uh, and it struck me again that it was it took a long time to load in, and it really reminded me yeah. of the, the Ghost Recon again. 
and I'm a little bit concerned about that. I know it's an early build, so it's probably nothing really to be concerned about. You, you are right, it took a very long time to load up, and the demo area was pretty small. It's fairly limited, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, the, the objective was to liberate a town, uh, and a really, really small town. And that was, that was quite good fun. That was, that was nice and tactical. Um, as the, the latency on the controls didn't really help with sniping and tracking, but you kind of worked around it and, and you got into the swing of things and, and so far, so far, cry. Um, it, it was after that where you could start to pick up a bit of a story mission, but you couldn't go anywhere with that story mission because you would hit the edge of the demo zone and it would reload you back at the, uh, back at the camp. And it was just a bit. I was hoping to try and go off and do some random things. And the best I could manage was blowing up a tanker that was driving through the area, which had like a, a demolition symbol on it, and then destroying a roadblock. Taking the people out, not a problem. There was a pickup truck, though, and without a word of a lie, after 30 shotgun blasts to the bonnet, it was still only smoking slightly. And I had to scrounge around bodies to find some dynamite. To, to take care of it, and I accidentally dynamited my um, faithful companion, um, of which I'd picked the dog. <laughs> yeah, I picked the dog. Um, I, uh, I did. You got, you got to choose which companion you wanted to play the demo with, and I went for the dog. Stuart picked the dog. Was it Boomer? Boomer. Was Boomer the dog. Yeah. Um, which which led to me basically saying, "Come on, boy." Every time I, I left an area, um, I would like—I'd like to know the statistics of how many players pick the dog. I wonder if they're actually going to track that. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. It's something um, that something that Strami Ubisoft wouldn't do. So that was good. Yeah, I mean, it was good. It was—it was that fun kind of Far Cry gameplay. Felt felt a little bit stingy on the ammo, or was that just me? Was I just? But maybe that was the maybe that was the the slightly laggy controls. No, no, I, I was okay with the ammo. Um, I, I thought it was quite it was quite good with the weapons. Maybe um, it was just burning through the ammo because I couldn't hit it. <laughs> I got the I started off with the baseball bat, but what I didn't realise is that actually I had a, a like a submachine gun and uh, um, an automatic rifle as well on me, um, but I did end up picking up the sniper rifle and the shotgun, so it was. Uh, I played with the dynamite a bit as well, so it, you know it seemed fairly good. I just thought there's scope for so many different weapons. It, it was very much um, a pick up, drop it, move on mentality. So that it didn't yeah. seem like it was going to be a favourites type of game where you, you get one that you just you have to stick with. I think it's just effectively pick up and drop whenever you need to. What what struck me about it was you do get those far cry moments. Um, so I think we came out and the conversation basically went. <laughs> um, I was talking to Matt and I said yes yeah, so I threw a stick of grenade at these three guys I took them out but I really upset a bull which then charged at me and I'd run out of ammo so I had to try and hit it with a baseball bat and your response was yeah I punched a wolf <laughs> I punched a wolf all I could think of was the grey and I punched a wolf <laughs> It was. I was giggling away to myself whilst I was doing it and you go, oh yeah that was good fun um, so um, yeah it did it had those far cry moments <laughs> It was good. It was enjoyable. I'm yes. glad we played it. I'm glad we took the time to uh, to queue. I'd happily queued for an hour and a half actually. For it was good. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm gonna I'm gonna pick that up when it comes out. Yeah, um, that's February next year and not November as I seem to think it was, as I was stood under a massive sign. <laughs> it was it was quite funny. Yeah. No, it's yeah. coming out in November. Are you sure? Yeah. 
I think it's February. What makes you think that? That that sign. That big sign. Yeah, that big yeah. sign. Um, okay, um, 27th of February. Yes, and then they had a nice bit of set dressing, didn't they? A bit of presentation. They had the guys not really dressed as militia. They just put them in black T-shirts with the logo on and, and was, carrying fake rifles around. It was all right. Yeah, yeah I mean, it had some. It had some wooden boxes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was all right. It, it, there was a little bit of an effort. Speaking of set dressing, yes, it was our next trip, wasn't it? <laughs> Arguably the best-looking set of the show. Strange Brigade. <laughs> Strange Brigade. Strange, Strange Brigade. Brigade. Strange Brigade. Yeah. Strange. So, Brig- I can't say it. Strange Brigade. Strange Brigade. Yes. It's a Rebellion's uh, new co-op shooter puzzle game. Uh, so yes, four-player co-op. Um, it is. How to describe it? It's like um, it's like zombie army trilogy. Means, you know, the Aztec zone from <laughs> from the Crystal <laughs> Maze. That is exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> or at least the level we played um, did. So, so the, the lovely sort of like Inca temple setting as as their actual stage where the game is at E three E three EGX this year. Um, and inside, it's like wooden chests with the. TVs on and nice come. It was a really nice little area, wasn't it? It, it was felt like, really comfortable to sit it was like in there. Too, and yeah, and it was it was all dark and cosy, and, yeah. and they had a bank of um, they had several banks of multiple PCs, so you can actually sit down as a group of four and, and play co-op together, which worked really well. Yeah, we 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 sat in there and uh, and uh, the guy says to us, right, there's the four of you playing together, which was really cool, um, and um, there's uh, a prize if you can do it under the our best time. Which was like 10 minutes 37, something like that, wasn't it? Or 10.31. 10, 10, about 10, 30, and, 10 and a half minutes, yeah. they, they said. So if you can do it in under that, there's a prize. So we're like, okay, let's 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 enjoy the game, yeah. but let's have a go at doing that. So it's uh, yourself, me, Cullen, and thankfully Keely, who, yeah, uh, who yeah, carried Cullen. She carried him again, didn't she? Um, and we smashed it, nine and a half minutes. Yeah, it took a full minute off, which we were we were quite surprised at. <laughs> Um, and he was he was stood there timing us as well, so uh, no, that was good. Uh, but the game itself is just it's just damn good fun. It was brilliant. It was really really good fun co-op game. Um, solid solid gunplay. Uh, interesting uh, interesting special mechanics with the yes. amulets. Uh, so it's it's a third person. Interesting characters. Yes, it's a third person shooter. Um, each character has primary and secondary weapon, as you'd expect. Uh, one a character I picked up, a good old Lancashire lass, uh, was... Uh, the, character, the character three of you picked. I was the only one who went individual. Yeah. Uh, but she had a double-barreled shotgun and a semi-auto pistol, and then every character has um, a grenade function and amulets, and the amulets provide special powers. And your special power meter is built up with each kill, and as you as you do that, it refreshes your grenades. I think as well. I, I, either grenades refresh over time, or you build it up. But I thought kills seem to do it. Um, but then when you've got your special power, you can use it probably three or four times. I think you can oh, chain them. Enemies, you yeah, can chain them together. And, and it does. The, for my character, it, it kind of the enemy you were focused on. It pulled them towards you, then flung them away as a fireball, which then exploded on impact with others. And then mine, mine gave you like a, a targeted dash attack with flames. It was, it was yeah, you know, so it was great. It was good and it came at a nice pace. 
so that you weren't able to overuse it and spam it, but you were getting it frequently enough to, for it to be useful. Um, and there's standard enemies, and then you get boss enemies, there's environmental kill options as well, there were like spinning <laughs> blades that you could trigger. As I, as I like to call them, environmental suicide options. <laughs> yes. Did you die a few times on those? I, I, I shot one thinking it was going to be a spinny blade thing and that it would it would kill the zombies that were in front of me and it turns out it was just a load of spikes that were exactly <laughs> where I was stood. And not a fire pit, it's no. just another one of those. <laughs> um, but dying, uh, it was a quick respawn. Yeah. And back into the game, you just appear in a coffin nearby and, and leg it back into battle. Yeah. So you weren't out, because I, I, I actually died, I got hit, killed by one of the, uh, the sort of base level enemies quite early on, and I thought, oh, well, that's it, I'm out of this. And I was straight back in. And I thought, oh, that's good. It is, doesn't matter if you die, you can just get back in there and enjoy it. And as we move through, solving a few of the puzzles, defeating the other bad guys, get to the last kind of area, and it went full on horde mode, didn't it? Oh, just threw enemies at you. I think we obviously we obviously killed the big bad, um, and then there were just but there were just still tons of enemies, and it stopped. And I thought, to be honest, have we have we timed out? And it was no, it just because we killed the big bad, we'd managed to finish it. But yeah, it, it, it was a good feeling to get through it, wasn't it? Yeah, I, really I, good. Yeah, I did. I felt felt elated afterwards. It's one of those games. I think it's one of those games where you. Um, you learn, you learn very quickly which which order to pick off the enemies in. Yes. Um, to the extent where you kind of, you almost end up dispatching the um, the lower level ones just as just as kind of to tidy up a bit. Yeah, you build your energy meter up by finishing off those smaller enemies, then you use them to pound the uh, pound the, the, the bosses guys, or the bigger yeah. guys. Uh, yeah, so you can see some tactical play coming in. You can see well, we we all had head um, headphones on, so. We couldn't really talk to each other because we were by so yeah, we, and it actually it did still work. We we had them on, we had them on so that we could hear the game, um, but we didn't have party chat, which would have been nice, I think, if we'd yeah. uh, if we'd been able to talk to each other, it would have been uh, it would have added another yes. level to it. Yeah, it still worked even with us unable to talk. So, so I had a lot of fun with that. I won as prize. Yeah, we got a, a strange brigade. I managed to say it. coin. Yes. Uh, which is it's quite nice, proper. Um, proper metal coin as well. And, uh, and we also won an interview with the devs. <laughs> yes. So uh, we talked to uh, Robbie Cook, who's um, is he the social media manager for Rebellion. Uh, a very very nice man. Talked to us all about Strange Brigade. Um, you'll be able to listen to that on uh, on one of our other posts, um, which also then led us into um, an interview. With Rich May, well done. Who uh, whose name I got wrong and called him Chris. I'm very very sorry, Rich. I still am. I feel really bad about that. So, uh, Robbie Cook, Chris May, Rich May, <laughs> Rich May, Rich Chris May. Yes, Chris. Sorry, Rich. Well, at least you didn't say Brian May. Does <laughs> May, etc. Yeah, I've had it all. No one calls me Teresa yet. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, but we were talking to him about Rogue Trooper Redux, which we also played. Yes, we did. So that is a remake of the PS2 game. Yes. Uh, so remaster, I think is. is the yeah, remaster is a better yeah. better phrase for it. I mean, what did you make of that? I, I've never played the original. To so, be honest. So um, hands up, I, mean, I feel a little bit unclean because I had to 
play it on the Switch. Oh, you played the Switch, didn't I? So um, I played the PS4 version, you played the Switch. Yeah. But, to its credit, it was very smooth. Um, I'll, I'll be a tiny screen. Uh, but it was a very smooth presentation. Um, and it's a, it's a third-person cover shooter. We got to play not the full first level, but probably, I don't know, we must have got at least halfway through. Uh, before the demo sort of, sort of end, um, and it it was quite nice. It was it was very slick. It was a, it was a shooter. Um, we started picking up some of the abilities that you would obviously get in the full game, um, and I quite enjoyed it. It was it was reasonably fast paced and easy to get into. Yeah, I didn't know. I, I would um, I double that. I quite enjoyed it. I'd never I didn't really have any expectations as to what it would be like. Um, so it, it didn't disappoint in that respect. Yep. You could tell it's not a it's not a brand new game, but they're they, you know, they, they're, they're, quite, they're quite honest about that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but it's worth picking up. I don't know what the price point is going to be. I don't think it's uh, forty forty five pound. I don't think it's a full price point. It's a it's a twenty quid game. It's nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, I think that'll, that'll probably um, be decent value for which that. I think it's probably worth picking up for yeah. that price actually. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what other games do you? get to play through with the uh, the artificial intelligences of your three friends inhabiting your helmet, your gun and your backpack. I don't think there are any. Exactly. I think it's unique. Exactly. Um, obviously we talked to we talked to Rich um, who worked on the original and um, he's very very passionate about the original and the, yes. and the comic books and the world as well. Yes. So. A very really interesting conversation. Uh, very nice man. Well, in fairness, all the rebellion guys were, were brilliant today, um, and he he did explain to us, and you can hear this in the in the interview, um, that the game does get more complex, it becomes more tactical, and uh, in fairness, this is something Stu Cullen has been telling us for a long while. He's also a big fan of this game, isn't he? He says it is very very good. Yeah. Um, so actually, you know, I, I'm quite looking forward to playing that. Uh, so that's that's out on the seventeenth of October. October. Yeah. So from there, uh, from there we grab some lunch, and then are we you, reviewing Subway now? Uh, no, no, <laughs> we're not going to review Subway. That was a tasty sandwich. Um, but you went with Stuart on a yes, secret mission. I did. I went on a secret mission to uh, interview Andreas from Machine Games. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his surname and do it justice at this yeah. point. That was a really interesting interview, actually, talking about Wolfenstein, the... New Colossus. New Colossus. It was a really interesting interview talking about Wolfenstein, the New Colossus. Uh, so we'll put that up as well separately. Uh, I think it's just it's just nice to know um, they're serious about keeping it fun and punchy gunplay and if you were concerned about which timeline you were going to play through would it be uh, Wyatt or what's the other guy's name the Scottish guy I can't remember Jimmy no not Jimmy. Oh, no it wasn't Jimmy I, oh, I genuinely I can't remember Fergus Fergus of course so if you're concerned about whether whether you'd saved Wyatt or Fergus and you you were worried about had they done the Metal Gear thing and picked which ending uh, was canon for you Apparently the first part of the game is um, partly done in flashback, so you can actually uh, you can actually pick the timeline that you you want to play ah. through in your first your first playthrough, and that uh, once again has implications on the story, uh, and also the weapons available 
to you uh, as you progress through the game. So uh, that's quite that's quite an interesting point. Yeah. Um, just not there, unfortunately. No, no. Um, I think the only thing Bethesda had there was Skyrim VR, didn't they? Were in the uh, in the PlayStation stand, which, if we understood right, was one of the pre-booked slots as well. So. Um, Pretty much, unless you were fast on your fingers when Sony sent the emails out, um, yeah, you weren't, you you weren't, weren't playing any Bethesda games. Yeah, um, it's a shame because they had a strong presence last year with Dishonored Two. Yes, I was quite surprised that the uh, Death of the Outsider didn't have a little bit of a booth somewhere, um, given that it is these uh, week old. But um, but you know, not the end of the world. It'd have been it would have been nice to have a bit of hands on with Wolfenstein, but uh, we'll get that in a month or so anyway. After that point, we kind of we, we kind of wandered off on our own, did we? And uh, had a, a, a look round. So the the back end of the venue this year was very much merchandising and um, esports and PC gaming. There was a strong PC gaming presence this year. Wouldn't yeah. you agree? I would. I would agree. Um, <laughs> and the esports piece, they, it's obviously they are. Making a Clearly. bigger thing yeah, of it, we are. They're making a big thing, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, so the, the esports was big again this year. They uh, had at least, if you count the Destiny Two one, there was the three, three stages for esports. I'm not classing Destiny Two necessarily as an esports, but as a a big sort of competition, um, with a lot of focus on it. It, it was, it was clear that yeah. they are. Um, they, it's here to grow in stature. Um, it's not there yet. It's not mainstream yet, but um, it, it, you can tell it's increasing, isn't it? So what was what was that one that we walked past? Uh, do you know what the game was that we walked past? Where League the, of Legends. Was that League of Legends? I think. It was, well, it it looked like that type of game to me. It's not something that appeals to me at all. Um, but that's what it looked like. Uh, and there were you know, a fair few people watching. The commentators were getting very excited. That's, over do you know that's the thing that struck me the most was that how excited the commentators got. Yeah, they, they clearly knew what they were seeing. Oh, they, they knew the game. They, no, they knew the um, they knew the guys taking part. Um, and He's taken a big hit on gold. <laughs> he did. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> uh, so it, it, and and the fact that the uh, the teams were there in force um, and the teams seemed to be in and out of like the press areas and they had their own training room didn't they um, that we walked past so yep. a little practice room uh, so yeah there was a lot <laughs> like a warm like a warm up arena and yeah. show jumping so the uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's growing it's growing uh, merch wise yeah lots of merch. <laughs> more, more so than last year, actually. In fairness, there were, uh, there was quite a lot there. Most of it's hat. Yeah, but then we we decided it was, uh, it was basically it was time to to queue for another big game, um, and we just basically said we will go and find the shortest queue, and join that, and we did. And it ended up being GT Sport. It was good again, which we played last year, uh, which we did. And when I'm starting to wonder when it's going to get released. <laughs> Yeah, there is, I can't remember if there's a firm date or not for it. I thought it was this year. Because, um, quite frankly, it won't be EGX next year if we don't get to play GT Sport. No, it won't be. <laughs> so, um, after around about half an hour of queue, which wasn't too bad, um, we got to play the Brands Hatch Track again. 
Uh, we did get the option on whether we wanted to take part in a competition they were running, uh, which was timed laps, wasn't it? The fastest lap won a, a 55 inch 4K TV. You see, I, I don't think I got the option. No, he asked me, did I want to take part or not? Because I think. Perhaps he'd seen me on Project Cars too. <laughs> you might have done a kind of, oh, no chance, you're just in this for fun. <laughs> and it was all, all very familiar, all very nice. Or the lovely racing wheels and pods um, that are built for people who are about five foot tall. Um, <laughs> so you just about squeeze in and you, you cramp your feet up uh, trying to get to the accelerator. But you're feeling like you are in a race car. Um, and then I, I sort of joined the rolling start, um, straightened my wheel and careered straight into a wall because my wheel had completely decalibrated. So yeah, I was yeah, I was yeah. playing. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I was driving with it. Um, my controller doesn't degrees. work. It's only on the mouse. My, my wheel's was, not calibrated. Yeah. Mine was a genuine excuse. Whatever. You just drove off the track. <laughs> I didn't drive off the track. I um. I I'll be honest. I pulled off some pretty aggressive overtaking maneuvers. Took on a lot more curb than was necessary. And when I say curb, I mean not curb. I mean grass. <laughs> um, and then spun out <laughs> massively at very high yeah. speed <laughs> and I did that twice <laughs> so last year I was gloating about having beaten you by half a second and you noticed I was, remained silent on yes, the topic yeah, you're very very quiet because uh, I don't know how uh, how far behind you were although we were not racing at the same time on no. the same track um, but yes yeah, a little bit different this year yeah. Uh, yeah so I still enjoyed it I still did enjoy it um, I'd have preferred the controller to actually be working properly uh, but no it's, it's good it was very smooth um, it was good it was a lot of fun actually my um, um, my my amazing comeback from from last position to um, about 10th or 11th was um, was thrilling <laughs> and yeah it, it is it's good it's good um, the only thing we both said this afterwards wasn't it it is one you want to play in that setup after you've demoed it and with that wheel, with that feedback why. wheel and those pedals and the racing seat yeah I think if I like, bought it oh. if I bought it and played it with control I think I'd be disappointed now actually yeah yeah so, so but it's one to watch out for because I've got a soft spot for the Gran Turismo games and it, it probably will get bought it's probably going to happen. Was that the last game we played? Did we ever go? We went. We went round a lot of the indie stands. We had a look, a lot of games. We were going to try and have a go in some of the VR ones. So after having a moan that there was no VR presence this year, we then discovered an entire VR zone. Yeah. Um, and we were going to have a play on some of those, but the queues were still pretty hectic. Um, and a lot of the games, despite the show only closing at six, a lot of the games that just shut at five. Which was a bit yes. disappointing. Um, Battlefront Two and Call yes, of Duty. We didn't, we didn't get on those play. It was, it was. I think the PlayStation led the charge on those, and yeah, they they did shut it off. We're off to the pub. <laughs> yeah, so um, it was a little bit disappointing that they weren't there because they still had at least an hour's worth of uh, show time to to get people through. Um, but anyway, we, we missed out on that. So we just had a look at some of the indie stuff and there's some nice little games out there. We saw the Worms mascot, full size. <laughs> Motorized worm costume. Yeah, having his <laughs> having his picture taken with a dragon from, from Shadow of War. Yeah, uh, so that was different. Uh, yes, uh, lots of cosplay, lots of good cosplay. There were uh, those those two battleborn characters. I couldn't tell you who they were, uh, but they <laughs> there was a lot of effort in there. 
Um, I still think next year we should do like cosplay. <laughs> I think just a really ill-fitting black suit with a an off-color red tie and a swimming cap for Agent Forty Seven. <laughs> a couple of drawn-on eyebrows and and two kind of neon green water pistols. <laughs> Yeah, although this year you did say you had come as an NPC. <laughs> so this year, I came uh, I came in cosplay as a pedestrian character from Grand Theft Auto V. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been a good day. We have seen a lot. I think it's fair to say there were a few upcoming games that we saw. Um, probably not as many as last year. It didn't feel like... Um, and the, sh the games part of the show felt a little bit smaller than last year as well but not bad for it I think the crowd Saturday and Sunday are going to be busier than they were today that yeah. that might make it feel like a bigger show yeah that's, I think that's a reasonable that's a reasonable assessment but I've enjoyed it I've really enjoyed it the, the interviews have probably been the highlight of the day actually in fairness because yeah, we weren't some, we weren't expected to do a couple of those met some really interesting people um, and uh, got to talk about some great games yeah oh, I'm just going to go in my bag which is going to make some noise okay. oh, I, wonder if I wonder if I put the quiz bit in um, <gasps> not in the boot I wonder if I put it in your bag I can't find it I put this quiz together yeah uh, when we played the Ghost Recon beta. Oh, right, okay. Hell, that's a while back. So, and I remember I did it now. I was on a train on my way to London when I put this together. Yeah. So, it's a really good quiz. Do you want to play? Let's do it. Let's okay. do it. It'd be a nice way to round out the day. So, the game is very simple. I'm going to give you a name. Oh, no, this is not going to be okay. easy. And I want you to tell me whether they are an international drug lord or whether they are an international airport. <laughs> okay. You haven't got any, any on there that are both, are you? Well, let's start with, <laughs> as an example, okay. Pablo Escobar. He was an international drug lord. He was. He was a Colombian drug overlord who allegedly burned $2 million in cash to keep warm whilst on the run. Uh, he was also uh, he, he was also the airport in Vice City. Was he really? Es Escobar oh, International, man. yeah. That's quite good, isn't that? Okay. I hadn't realised that. <laughs> okay. Uh, Joaquin Guzman Loera. Oh. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go again, drug lord. Yeah, he was the biggest drug lord in history, according to the DEA. Uh, as a folk hero in the world of narcotics. Cool. Uh, Jorge Alberto Rodriguez. Oh, that sounds like an airport. No, he's a notorious <laughs> Colombian or Puerto Rican drug lord from the Bronx. Oh, right, okay. okay. Uh, Jorge Newbury. Oh, I'm going to have to go airport again. Yes, uh, it's in Buenos Aires uh, in Argentina. Uh, Alfonso Augusto Moyera Pena. Uh, that, that sounds like it should be a drug lord. Uh, no, it's uh, it's a Brazilian international airport in uh, in Curitiba. Okay. Uh, Amado Carrilla Fuentes. 
Autoglot? Yeah, he's known as El Señor de los No, he's known as El Señor de los Cielos, the Lord of the Skies. Right. Uh, he had a fleet of more than 22 private Boeing 727s, which he used to transport Colombian cocaine to airports in Mexico. That is an enterprise and a half, isn't it? It's amazing, yeah. isn't it? Uh, Alfonso Lopez Pumejero. Airport. Yes, in, hey. uh, in Valledupar, Colombia. Uh, Alfredo Rodriguez Ballon. Um, airport. Yes, in Arequipa, Peru. Uh, Giovanni Falcon. Oh, God, be a drug lord. No, it's an airport in Palermo, oh, Italy. No. Um, and then finally, William Leonard Picard. Drug lord. Yes, the world's top manufacturer of uh, lysergic acid uh, diethylamide, LSD. And uh, apparently there's a 90% drop in global supply uh, following his arrest. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so there you go. International drug lord or international airport. <laughs> I like that quiz. I like that quiz a lot. Um, I think uh, I think that about wraps us up. I think it does. That's I've enjoyed this. It's been nice. It's been a nice journey. It has. It's been it's been a great way to pass the time coming back because we we have been stuck in a lot of traffic. Um, um, I just and it's hope, been good. I hope I can make it sound passable. Yes, yes. <laughs> There's lots of noise and uh, yeah. I'm sure will, I'm sure you will do sterling work. All right. Well, I guess that wraps it up. If um, if you want, if you've been to EGX, if, then um, let us know your thoughts on it. You can drop us a tweet at Codec Moments. Uh, you can email contact hyphen us at codecmoments.com. Or you can, oh, you can go on Facebook and yes. search for Codec Moments and ask to join our group. That's a really good way of getting to uh, getting to know us. Well, not you, obviously, you're not on Facebook. Well, I'm not on Facebook now, but um, you are. So yeah, you'll be uh, you'll be curating that entire uh, section of the internet. Just because I have a beard, it doesn't mean I curate. And I think it does in this sense. Okay. <laughs> so, so thanks very much for listening. Um, we hope it's been slightly entertaining and we will also aim to be back within 12 months is that fair? it's reasonable fair time frame yeah within, yeah. within 12 yeah months. we'll try and not make yeah. the next podcast EGX 2018 yeah <laughs> bye bye